Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and we pray that that will will be done by us, O Lord. As we fellowship with you now, we pray, please grant to us of your spirit and may your words be impressed so deeply upon our hearts that we may respond to the call of the Holy Spirit. Consecrate me to your service and put your words in my mouth. And Lord, speak comfort, hope and strength to all of us as we listen. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, November 16 Remember Me And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Luke chapter 23 verse 42 To Jesus in his agony on the cross, there came one gleam of comfort. It was the prayer of the penitent thief. This man was not a hardened criminal. He had been led astray by evil associations. He had seen and heard Jesus and had been convicted by his teaching. But he had been turned away from him by the priests and rulers. Seeking to stifle conviction, he had plunged deeper and deeper into sin until he was arrested, tried as a criminal, and condemned to die on the cross. In the judgment hall and on the way to Calvary, he had been in company with Jesus. He had heard Pilate declare, I find no fault in him, John chapter 19 verse 4. He had marked his godlike bearing and his pitying forgiveness of his tormentors. The conviction comes back to him that this is the Christ. Turning to his fellow criminal, he says, Does not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? The dying thieves have no longer anything to fear from man, but upon one of them presses the conviction that there is a God to fear, a future to cause him to tremble, and now, all sin polluted as it is, his life history is about to close. When condemned for his crime, the thief had become hopeless and despairing. But strange, tender thoughts now spring up. He calls to mind all he has heard of Jesus. The Holy Spirit illuminates his mind, and little by little, the chain of evidence is joined together. In Jesus, bruised, mocked, and hanging upon the cross, he sees the Lamb of God and take that ticket away the sin of the world. Hope is mingled with anguish in his voice as the helpless dying soul casts himself upon a dying Savior. Lord, remember me, he cries, when thou comest into thy kingdom. Quickly, the answer came, soft and melodious the tone, full of compassion, full of love, compassion, and power the words. Verily I say unto thee, 
thou shalt be with me in paradise. To the penitent thief came the perfect peace of acceptance with God. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Remember Me. These words, Remember Me, is lifted from the sentence made by the thief, one of the thieves that's what, that was with Jesus on the cross, that was crucified along with Jesus in Golgotha. Reading from Luke chapter 23, we are told in verse 26, And as they laid, led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And there followed him a great company of people and women, which also bewailed and lamented him. We learned yesterday about Simon, and I want to remind us of that same lesson. Simon carried that heavy cross, and it was no easy burden for him. Up the hill, he, cried, he carried it with Jesus. He carried a cross for Jesus' sake. We are to learn to carry a cross for the truth's sake, because Jesus is the truth. Heavy physically heavy it was for Simon and it will be heavy for us too but it is light when you consider that you are doing it out of love for he who died for you that burden that seems to be heavy just like a woman who is changing the nappy of her baby you find out that many other people cannot do it but when you have love towards that child the work that seems so difficult you will do it with a smile on your face even though the poo of the child is smelling terribly, the woman still smiles while she's cleaning it, while she's taking care of her child. Why? Because that which seems odious, the smell of that poo, is not odious anymore because the, the smell is the child's own and it is her own child, it's her own bosom and she's okay with it. She loves the child and that's why she can do it. And if we love Jesus, the cross will not be odious to us. The cross will not be an unpleasant thing for us. But we will smile like the woman changing the nappy of her baby. Though it is smelling, yet she smiles. It is love that causes us to smile. And I pray God will help us to smile. Moving on now to the story of the thief on the cross. There's a lot of lessons to learn from this one experience between Jesus and this thief. There were two thieves which were crucified with Jesus that were crucified along with Jesus. Reading from Matthew chapter 27, it says in verse 38, Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking him, with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the King of Israel, let him come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. Now verse 44 says something. It says, The thieves also which were crucified with him cast the same in his teeth. 
that means both of the thieves on the right hand and on the left of Jesus, they were joining the rabble to mock Jesus, joining the priests to mock Jesus. But there was a change that took place in one of the thieves. In Luke 23 verse 39 it says, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Does not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. Amen. I will go straight to the lesson that I want us to learn from this thief. One thing we can learn from the thief on the cross is that while he was on that cross, he could review his life and how he had come to be in the position he was in and realize the futility of chasing after the things of this world because that's what brought him to where he was. He did not carry his cross, but now, since he didn't carry his cross, he was going to die. What's the cross I'm referring to? The cross that comes with righteousness. The thief, like we read in the devotion, he was diverted, not that he was such a hardened criminal. He listened to the priests who made him not to have faith in Jesus and to stifle the conviction that was growing in his heart. He went full hands to grab the things of this world, breaking barriers, breaking all reforms, and then he found himself as a thief, a robber. Just like Barabbas, I believe Barabbas was supposed to be crucified along with them. They probably were in the same gang, Barabbas and these two thieves. They were not just robbers, but also most likely inflicted pain on people. Who knows, they may have killed people too. Now, he is reviewing his life. What profit has it been for him after he has tried to grab the things of this world, tried to grab the earthly crown, but it was impossible for him, it was too far from him. Like Solomon said, I sought to know wisdom, but it was far from me. So it was for this thief, he sought the things of the earth, but it was far from him. He thought that the cross, that the truth was a barrier between him and pleasure. He thought that the truth was a barrier between him and the things that he wanted to enjoy. So he discarded the truth. He discarded the cross that came from following it also and went to grab the things of this world. But what was his end? The end thereof was the ways of death for him. And so was it for the other thief, the two of them. The end thereof was the way of literal death. They were staring their end in their faces. But there was something important concerning this thief. The pain of the cross was immediate on him. The hopelessness of his situation could not be denied or missed by himself and everyone. The prospect before him was completely dire. He had hit rock bottom. But there was one beautiful thing about this situation which he realized, which we all may not have realized. That thief on the cross realized something which we all should know. This thing he realized is what many today fail to understand. Do you know what that thing is? I'll tell you. On the man's condemnation to die on the cross, he realized that he had 
absolutely nothing to lose if he believes in Jesus and trusts fully on him. And did he not have reason to trust in Jesus? He had heard Pilate pronounce Jesus as faultless. He was aware of some of the miracles Jesus performed. He knew some of the teachings and he could see the calm dignity of Jesus under mockery, persecution and derision. He caught something about Jesus. Gradually, things were unfolding to him. This man Jesus has some higher power. He's different. He's the son of God. As he and the other thief mocked Jesus and Jesus did not open his mouth to respond to them, he could tell that this man had something supernatural about him. There was something to be desired about Jesus. He reproved himself as the thief reproved himself in his heart for engaging in that banter. Jesus was praying for them too. He voiced it out when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That prayer for his own enemies was unlike anything this previously vengeful and hateful thief was like. Here he was insulting Jesus, but Jesus was praying for him. Every teaching Jesus had taught before he practiced and it was in practicing it that he won over the thief on the cross. Jesus prayed. The Holy Spirit was working on the thief and he responded at last. As the other thief mocked, the, the other, this thief now responded. Does thou not fear God, seeing that thou art in the same condemnation, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man had done nothing amiss, and then he pleaded to Jesus, remember me in thy kingdom, and he got the response so soothing to his heart. Luke 23 verse 43, and Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. We have already seen the lesson from this thief and we will elaborate more on it. We all are like this thief on the cross in the sense that we actually have to realize that there is a condemnation upon us even though we are not being nailed to a cross. For our sins, by and by, we are going to suffer, we are going to die just like this thief. But then, we must go further to do what this thief did, to understand what he understood. We have to realize that we have nothing to lose if we believe and trust in God because we have all hit rock bottom. The only thing is that we have not realized that we have, we have hit rock bottom. We don't need to be under man's condemnation, maybe to be hanged or to be fired, shot with a firing squad or to sit on an electric chair. We don't need any of those things before we realize it. We. We, because of our sins, have already hit rock bottom. The only problem is that because of our vanity and other earthly things we have and our incomplete sense of the exceeding sinfulness of sin, we do not seem to realize it. We think that there is something to lose if we follow Jesus. Also, because we are blinded by the glitter of the things of the world, we seem to think that this world has something to offer us and therefore we withhold ourselves from Jesus. But do we need to be as a thief on the cross before we tell Jesus, remember me? Do we need to be nailed on the cross before we say, remember me? Do we need to try the world and see how much is in it? And when it fails us, we then give our battered bodies dead sacrifices to Jesus? It will be well with us if we do this at least. 
better late than never. But there are some who are like the other thief, while on their sick beds, about to die, when they are at the tail end of their lives, instead of making things right with God, will be praying to God for longer life because they have not married or have not seen their grandchildren or that they have not enjoyed their wealth enough or that they have not enjoyed the world enough and then they pray to god please spare my life the other thief was saying save yourself and us also that's what he was requesting for he wanted to come down from that cross to do what he had not realized his sin so that he would continue in the same way he was living before what was he expecting jesus to do to save to all of them and run away so that they would form another gang of robbers or what that thief was not understanding even though god was trying to help him he didn't understand but the other one he understood and there are many who are like the other thief while you are coming to the end of your life and i'm not just referring to people who are on the sick bed or old even young people do you know that we are living on borrowed time that we are also coming to the end of our lives and that this world has nothing to offer us are we praying to God, oh Lord, spare me. Don't come, Lord Jesus, so that I can have wife and children and husband and also grandchildren so that my money in the bank will not waste. I want to spend all of it on myself. Let me enjoy it. Is that what we are praying for? Those who are doing this are virtually saying, Lord, this world has so much to offer which I have not tasted. Please don't take me away so I can enjoy some of it. Do not be wicked to me in denying me the pleasures of this life. Such people are to be pitied. They have not understood like the other thief on the cross that they have nothing to lose if they will commit themselves to Jesus. After all, we all die one day. The rich as well as the poor, the high as well as the low, the thief as well as the one who is apparently saintly will all die someday. And this world has nothing to offer us. Our sins have brought us to rock bottom and there is a death sentence on all of us as it was on the thief. We may not be crucified on the cross like he was, but we certainly are condemned by our sins and are in need of a savior. We only need to realize this and then we like the thief will make the same prayer to Jesus, Lord remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. Oh that the Lord may remember my sinful, wretched, miserable case, ready to perish under the load of my iniquities and bring me to his kingdom of a life free from sin. Oh that you who are listening to me may also make that prayer with me saying, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom and bring me out of my iniquities that I may be in the paradise of freedom from sin and evil. Though Jesus was on that cross, shamed, nailed to it and dying, he lived in the greatest paradise of righteousness. There is no paradise as that of a life that is void of offense before God, a life that even the wicked fault-finding eyes of man could say, I find no fault in him. What did the thief receive that day when he requested to be remembered in the kingdom of Jesus? He received a faultless life bequeathed to him free of charge. He was covered with the righteousness of Jesus. As the father looked at the thief, he saw Jesus. He didn't see the thief anymore. The righteousness of Jesus was imparted or credited to his account. And in the eyes of the father, he was as if he had never sinned since he was born. Jesus bore his sins on the cross and his sins
things were taken away, he became the substitute for the thief. The death that the thief was supposed to die, which is eternal death, Jesus was right there dying it for him, and the thief was saved. As long as he believed, he was and will be in the kingdom of God. But notice something that happened. The thief, after accepting Jesus, also had a change of life. He was cursing before, but no more. He even rebuked the other thief who was cursing. He gave evidence that he was not the same person who some minutes ago was cursing and mocking Jesus. Oh, the work of the Holy Spirit! Who could have guessed that silently and stealthily a work was going on in the mind of that thief and a transformation was taking place? Suddenly, the cursing thief, though it wasn't sudden, it was actually gradual, but to those who are looking from outwardly, from looking outwardly, that's you don't know what is going on in the mind of thief. It looks sudden. So suddenly the thief who was cursing before was now rebuking a thief like himself and speaking in favor of the truth. I know not how the spirit moves, convincing men of sin, but all I know is that he moves and convinces men of sin. Even the most hardened sinner can be changed. That is another lesson that we can learn from here. This thief experienced what it means to be saved by grace and not by works. Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 tells us, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. To every soul who, like the thief on the cross, realizes the wretchedness of their case, the Lord speaks to us all to come to him and he will blot out our sins. Isaiah 44 verse 22 leaves this wonderful promise for us. I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins. Return unto me for I have redeemed thee. Isaiah 43 verse 25 I, even I am he that blotted out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Ezekiel 33 from verse 14 to 16 again when I say unto the wicked thou shalt surely die and that wicked thief was going to die if he turns from his sin and do that which is lawful and right if the wicked restore the pledge give again that he had robbed walk in the statutes of life without committing iniquity he shall surely live he shall not die none of his sins that he has committed shall be mentioned unto him he had done that which is lawful and right he shall surely live amen glorious promise wonderful for us that we can like that thief have our sins cleansed away from us and the lord promises us believe it ezekiel 33 verse 16 he says all that he has done the evil things he has done it will not be mentioned unto him anymore. And the only way we can have our sins taken away from us is not just by having a change of life, but by looking at Jesus like that thief did, contemplating him and accepting him as the substitute for our sins. That was what that thief did. He accepted Jesus as a substitute. How this dying thief must have died in hope, knowing that his hopeless case had been given hope through the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Reading from Hebrews 7 verse 25 where we are told, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God 
by him, that's by Jesus, seeing he ever lived to make intercession for them. How did the thief come to the Father? He came by Jesus. And through Jesus, he was saved from his sins, saved to the uttermost. We read in the devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 326, paragraph 4 and 5. When condemned for his crime, the thief had become hopeless and despairing, but strange, tender thoughts now sprang up. He calls to mind all he has heard of Jesus. The Holy Spirit illuminates his mind and little by little, the chain of evidence is joined together. In Jesus, bruised, mocked and hanging upon the cross, he sees the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Hope is mingled with anguish in his voice as the helpless dying soul casts himself upon the dying Savior. End of quote. What a fate was exercised here by the thief. What the disciples could not understand, this thief understood. He exercised faith in Jesus, not when he was raising the dead, not when he saw Jesus healing the sick or cleansing the lepers, not when he saw Jesus walking on water or stealing the storm, but he exercised faith in Jesus when Jesus was bruised, battered, stripped of his garments, nailed and hanging on a cross, held to shame and contempt, and there was nothing in Jesus that looked like he was a king that many touted him to be. He exercised faith in Jesus, not when Jesus was apparently in the zenith of his strength, but indeed on that time when he was on the cross, that was the time when Jesus was most powerful to save, when he was performing the most apparently insignificant but yet most important time, most important thing that he did when he was on the cross. Which Jesus do you have faith in? The Jesus on the cross or the one who performed the signs and wonders and the miracles. It is the same Jesus, but those signs and miracles and raising up the dead, they pale in significance and comparison to what Jesus did on the cross for us all. On that cross, he brought an end to Satan's reign on this earth and to the reign of sin and brought an end to Satan's reign as the Lord of this world. And we can rejoice in it that he died for us all. We need to see Jesus as a thief saw him. He can. How can this thief tell someone who he sees in in as apparently as hopeless a case as his own and ask him to remember him in his kingdom? It is because the thief believed in Jesus as the deliverer from his sins. And we are to look at Jesus in the same manner as a deliverer from our sins. Think of it, this thief was able to exercise faith in a man that was about to die and talk about a kingdom. What do you think must have gone through that thief's mind for him to have told Jesus, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom? Great faith was exercised there. You are seeing a man on the cross dying just like yourself, yet you are believing that this man is going to have a kingdom. This was something that Peter, James, John and all the other apostles were not even exercising faith in. They did not even believe that Jesus was going to resurrect. But this thief believed it. He saw Jesus and realized this is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He's going to resurrect. Even though we have mocked him and said, save us and save yourself also. He's actually going to save us. He knew that Jesus was going to save them. How the Holy Spirit worked on that thief's mind, I cannot understand, but he did work. Because the faith of that thief went beyond the present time. He went further and talked about a kingdom that was coming. 
but he wasn't talking to that Jesus that resurrected Lazarus. I mean, I mean at that time it was the same Jesus, but what I mean is that he wasn't talking to Jesus at the time when that was happening. That was not the person he was having faith in. He was having faith in that dying Jesus. Yet there were some people in that crowd who followed Jesus during the triumphal entry, but now they distanced themselves from him because he was on the cross. They didn't believe in him anymore. But here it is that this thief could exercise faith in Jesus. Jude chapter 1 verse 24 and 25. We need to exercise that same kind of faith now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. The only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. This is he who is able to save us and to keep us from falling. One thing we need to learn that this thief realized, you have nothing to lose. You are like that thief on the cross already. This world has nothing to offer us. Believe in Jesus and you are taking, it's not a risk actually, because you stand nothing to lose. If you say you won't believe in him, you are taking a risk. Why? Because we all know that we are going to die on this earth. We are already crucified as it were in the sense that we are condemned and certainly we are going to die we are just living on borrowed time but if you exercise faith in jesus you give yourself a chance just like this thief did he realized it and saw there is no harm in believing in jesus what can this world offer me what is it that i can gain from this world anymore i am already at the tail end of my life and he exercised faith in jesus as his last glimmer of hope and Jesus is the last glimmer of hope for you and for me. If you would only realize that this world has nothing to offer you, if you would only realize that there is no risk in believing in Jesus, but instead it is the best thing you can do for yourself to trust in him. And when I say believing in Jesus, it means believing in the truth. The thief had a change of life and you could see in the sense that he rebuked the other thief, showing you that he had changed. He stopped mocking Jesus. That was an evidence that he had changed his character. He did not even request, Jesus, please bring me out of the cross. You know, I believe in you. He didn't say that. He was content to die on the cross. And he even said to the other thief, we are passing through what we deserve. He, and that is the evidence of repentance. He wasn't going to say, oh, please bring me down. He was ready to bear the cross, realizing that it was on account of his bad behavior that he was there and he wasn't requesting to be brought down anymore. All these things were evidences of a change in his life. And if we are like that thief, because some people used to say, oh, the thief on the cross, was there no opportunity for him to show that he had changed? He already showed it on the cross that he had changed. The very fact that he was not even requesting to come down from the cross after requesting that Jesus will... Um, remember him in his kingdom he wasn't requesting to be saved from the punishment some people we have done evil and we want to believe in jesus and we are praying so that he will take away the consequences of our sin the thief on the cross was not praying for jesus to take away the consequence of his sin he was ready to bear the indignation of the lord and the consequence of his iniquity but what he was requesting for was eternal life and he got it we should learn to realize that this world has nothing to offer. Believe in Jesus and it is not a risk. It is the best thing you can do for yourself. May the Lord give us the grace to see things through the eyes that, of faith that this thief saw it. And cast ourselves wholly on Jesus that he may give us freedom from iniquity. The thief that day 
was indeed in the kingdom of God and he was living from that day in the paradise of righteousness he was living in the kingdom of god because the bible tells us the kingdom of god is not eating and drinking but righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost and jesus took away the sins of that thief and he was given the righteousness of christ and he was indeed in the kingdom of god from that day on that same offer is there for you and it's left for us to take it or leave it I pray that we all would take the advantage and be in the kingdom of God and say to the Lord, remember me, my wretched soul, and save me from my sins. And to everyone who makes such a request sincerely from the heart, the Lord will say, Thou shalt be with me in my kingdom. Let us pray. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you for the lessons that you have taught us today. One thing I ask, dear Lord, is that you would open our eyes, that we may realize the futility of change seen after the things of this world, and that we may realize that the world has nothing to offer us, and that there is no risk in believing in Jesus. Help us, Lord, to realize these things, O Lord, and that we may take advantage of the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for our sins, sins may be wiped away from the books of heaven, that we may be in your kingdom at last. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. I'm not on an eagle trip I'm nothing on my own Make mistakes I often slip just common flesh and bone But someday I'll prove just why I say I'm of a special kind For when he was on the cross I Were on the crowd, he looked 
Yeah.